Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. And God's going to bless you really, really good. Say amen. Praise God. Now, before we jump into the primary message today, let's first honor the Lord with the tithes and the offerings. And I would like to read a couple of verses to you, uh, for you from Psalm 34. And let's take a look at verse seven. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. It's very important to understand the meaning of the word fear or to fear the Lord because we see this mentioned in a very strong way in verse nine. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want. Now in the Hebrew, it says there is no lack. There is nothing that's needed. There's no poverty, no penury, which is more of an extreme form of poverty. There's no lack at all. So there is no want. There's no lack to those who fear him. Now, I want to read verse 7 from the Amplified Bible, which says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him with all inspired reverence and worship him with obedience, and he rescues each of them. When you look at the Hebrew word for fear in this context, it strongly carries the meaning of deep reverence and respect. And it also carries the meaning of worship. So this is fascinating now as we look at verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, or you could also say, Oh, worship the Lord, you his saints. There is no want, there's no financial lack to those who worship him. Praise the Lord. This is very powerful. The young lions lack. Now the young lions would be those that would have the strength, the means, the ability to uh, make ends meet within their own uh, power or intelligence or strength. But there are some situations that can arise that not even uh, them with their great strength, can they overcome the problems that would be faced. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord and the context is seek the Lord in worship. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And verse 11 in the Amplified says, Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you to fear the Lord with all inspired reverence and worship Him with obedience. My friends, this word fear strongly includes the element of worship. But you know, the Lord does not want us to be worried about our financial situation. And Jesus said that the birds of the air, they're not worried about these things, and yet God takes care of the birds. And Jesus told us not to worry about what we're going to wear, what kind of clothing we're going to put on, what kind of food we're going to eat. Because God, our Father, knows the needs that we have, and He's going to take really, really good care of of you. Praise God. And it's important to worship the Lord. Some believers bless their heart. They are so worried about their finances 
that they can't even worship the Lord. You know, many years back, Dr. Norval Hayes, who is now in heaven, said the Lord told him one time that there has never been ever in the history of the world one human who has ever starved to death in a famine who was a worshiper of the true and living God. My friends, when you worship the Lord, even if there were a famine raging and there's no food in the grocery stores and and, and there's no food to be found anywhere. There has never been one person in world history who has starved in famine, who would get on their knees, lift their hands and worship almighty God. There has never been one person who has gone hungry in a case like that. God will take care of you. God wants to do great things for you this year. He wants to bless you greatly financially this year. But my friends, we want to praise the Lord, as David said in verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So we want to praise and bless the Lord. And at the same time, we also want to reverence and worship the Lord. I'm talking, get on your knees and just lift your hands and don't even ask God for anything, but thank him for all that he has done for you and just begin to worship him and extol him of how great he is. And I'm telling you, the angel of the Lord goes to work on your behalf and delivers you. Even if there is a financial dilemma that you would be in, God wants you to worship him and you will see his breakthrough power released in your life. You know, I taught just a few days ago about, about the subject of praise and how an angel one time came to me and told me that praise is the lost key to victory. And so we need to understand praise and we also need to understand worship. Some of you bless your hearts. You need to replace worry with worship and just worship the Lord and bless his name. And he'll just keep moving you ahead, moving you ahead. We are not denying the challenges that we would face. We would not deny unpaid bills that would be sitting on the coffee table or wherever they might be saying and demanding we need payment <laughs> or we have past payment due. We're not, we're not denying that those are there, but my friends, when, when you run up against a situation where even the strength of a young lion could not prevail, I tell you what, when you worship the Lord, God will do very unusual money miracles for you. And I want you to remember that because this is going to be a big year for you. God is breaking forth this month in your life. And I believe that what God is doing, that you'll never be in the red again. In other words, you'll never be late on payments. You'll never be behind. You'll never be under budget. But going forward from this month forth, you will be in the black, the, uh, the, uh, the black. And I'm trying to say back in black. Some of you had been there before. In other words, where everything is paid and things are operating the way that they should. I believe that this is a breakout breakthrough month for you and you're back in the black and you're going to stay there until Jesus comes back. Praise God. God's moving you into the overflow. But even should the situation as of this moment have not changed and maybe the situation could still be dire. My friends lift your hands, find a quiet place, 
go down on your knees, kneel down. If that's too uncomfortable, just kind of like sit down and just worship the Lord and call God Jehovah Jireh and tell him that Lord, you're my provider and just begin to worship him and do that. Do that for about 20 minutes. Do it for about 20 minutes on purpose and try to do that pretty consistently uh, every day. And then as you also go throughout your day, don't grumble or complain, but just have a heart of praise. Let praise come out. Even when things would pop up that could agitate or irritate or frustrate, stay in the praise zone and also give God those special moments of worship. And it wouldn't surprise me that by the end of this year, you have, you've doubled your income. Maybe, maybe for some of you, you've even tripled it. Praise God. And I'll be honest, it's not, it's not hard for God to do that. <laughs> it is not hard for God to do that. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'll have you know, I'm making $20 an hour. Uh, I don't know if God has enough money in the universe to lift me up to 60. Brother, or sister, he's got a lot more than 20 an hour. He can take you way beyond 60 an hour. God can do some amazing things, but he truly is worthy of our worship. Now, as you're praising him continually, give God dedicated times of worship. You know, if we don't do that, it's very easy for time to slip by and we have never really given God quality worship. So please do that. I know that when we have gatherings, we can do that. But in your own time, uh, make sure that you lift up your worship to the Lord. Who knows? You may wake up at 2.30 in the morning, and you can't go back to sleep. No, don't take sleeping pills. Go ahead and get out of bed, maybe for 15 or 20 minutes. And maybe you're so tired, you can't even stand up. Well, just kneel down. Lift up your hands like this, and just begin to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness and all of your money problems will melt away. Now, I have just told you something that the financial advisors of the world will never tell you. They'll tell you work three jobs. They'll tell you uh, file bankruptcy. They'll tell you it's impossible. You are buried in debt. Uh, you've got a real problem. But I'm here to tell you that God has solutions and that he is the solution. And that when you worship him, he does wonders in your life. And you often stand back and you wonder, now how did that happen? The whole thing has been turned around and the beauty that I was wanting to see, the order that I was wanting to see, the peace that I was wanting in my finances has now come. So I speak tranquility over your financial sea. I speak tranquility and peace and serenity over the waters of your finances. Praise God. Mm, mm, mm. Glory, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I believe you're going to see the glory of the Lord. Oh, I can't resist it. It's too good. Let me read this one to you. Psalm 107, verse 23. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters. Well, Pastor Stephen, what kind of business would, would that be? International trade routes. You have the Walmart ships going from China to the West coast of America. You have 
oil tankers. You have just all kinds of sea lanes all over the world with international commerce and, and things like that being transacted. Those who go down to the sea and ships who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. I wouldn't be surprised if this year some of you are pulled out into the deep waters financially where there would even be international uh, trade, international sales that are taking place within your business, within the product that perhaps that you would develop, within the item that you're selling. You're not, you're no longer just selling in, you know, intrastate, but now you're selling international. Oh, glory to God. I'm telling you, as you worship him, he can take you out uh, to the sea in your ship, in your business. You can do business on great waters and see the glory of the Lord out there. Woo, praise God. Amen. Now somebody got real excited about that because that's for you. Praise the Lord. All right, now let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people as they are now bringing in the tithe and also sowing special seed. I thank you, Father God, that they are worshipers. They are praisers and they are intentional worshipers of you and your holy majesty. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring to remembrance the Psalm 34, which gives insight into provision and never having any lack. We thank you again, O God. I ask that you would bless your people and they experience no shortage or lack of any kind. Father, I speak over their lives, all of their bills paid, all of their needs met, and their debts dissolved and melted away and thrown into the sea. Now we give you all of the praise. We also thank you, Father God, for growth in those with businesses. And we just thank you, Father, for increased sales, increased commissions, raises, bonuses. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, these things are coming to your people swiftly. Now we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, please say, I am a worshiper of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. Now, if you prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. Now, if you prefer the convenience of going online and giving over the Internet, please visit our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that says give, and it has a red heart on it. And if you click that, you can bring the tithe, 10% of all of your increase, you can bring it in right there. And it comes right into the ministry for the ongoing work of the Lord. Now, if you would like to give a special offering, we have an orange bracket that says projects, and you can click on that and choose whichever project you want to sow into. And we put your provision and your giving to work in those areas. Praise God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. And again, a big thank you to everyone helping us with our uh, television ministry. We are broadcasting in over 200 nations. And of course, we're very honored as well to be broadcasting out of Bethlehem, Israel, from a real television station, a real television tower that actually overlooks the ancient field where Ruth and Boaz met. And that reaches into Jerusalem, 
Judea, Samaria, and also to uh, the West Bank area. Glory to God. Thank you for supporting this ministry. And we are greatly appreciative of it. Thank you also for helping us with our ongoing land project. We have the 14.5 acres field of dreams. We purchased it last year, but we still owe some money on it. We are believing to get that completely paid off this year, but we have already started land clearing. Now we're not going to build anything on the land until it's totally paid off, but we have begun clearing up the land and uh, doing some, well, I guess you could call it forestry management to make the land more beautiful. And uh, it is really starting to turn around. Woo. Praise God. Matter of fact, we already have people, uh, partners, online members that come up at times and just like to go out there and pray. And the area where the prayer site is going to be established at, uh, the Lord's presence is there. Now, Dr. Oral Roberts and uh, Prophet Kenneth Copeland both said that anytime you build your ministry headquarters and so forth, always build the prayer altar first. And that's what we are in process of doing, of just beautifying that area of the forest. So you can go back there now. It looks like a real nice camping site. <laughs> and you can pray. And it is absolutely beautiful back there. Praise God. All right. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for your giving. Now, before we jump into today's message, let me just give a little reminder that the Israel tour is May 7th through 17th. Yes, we're getting really close and we're kind of like past the deadline, but you can still go if you want. The only difference between earlier and now is that if you, uh, if you want to come, then you, all you have to do is call the travel agency and just sign up and register and make your payment. But now you have to pay it all at one time because we're so close. You can no longer made, you know, like make a stretched out payments. So if you still want to come, we would love to have you. It is going to be over the top. We've got a, we've got a great group that's going. So uh, if you've ever wanted to go to the Holy land, come on because me and pastor Kelly are going to show you all over Israel and we're going to have a fantastic time together. Praise the Lord. All of that information is on our website. Matter of fact, when you go to stephenbrooks.org, the first slider is of the Israel tour. Just click that and it opens up to the brochure and uh, then you can just call or fill it out and you're good to go. If you have any questions, email us at contact at stephenbrooks.org. All right. Thank you for your patience as we work through those announcements. Now let's take our Bibles and go over to Isaiah chapter 40. Woo! Isaiah chapter 40. I want to talk about some of the deeper life things today. Deeper life through waiting on the Lord because, um, well, let me pray. And I want to tell you about something interesting that happened to me when I was finishing up high school many, many uh, eons ago. But first, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is our spiritual food. In a sense, it's like our manna. So as we eat it and consume it, let it build faith in us, just like it built faith in Enoch to have, a, to have an exceptional walk with you. Now, we thank you that your word is going to do this today in Jesus' name, and we will respond accordingly. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let me get a drink of hot tea real quick. Oh, praise the Lord. Mm. Aren't you glad that God put taste buds on your tongue? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, 
I remember when I was a senior in high school, and as I share this story, you'll have to forgive my former ignorance of, uh, you know, not having really excelled in academia and things like that. But I actually didn't know this, that when I was a senior in high school, on the last day of school, they give out all the awards. And, you know, I did good in sports, so I got sports awards. But on the last day, this was different. This was like all academic awards, and it was all based like on, you know, GPA and stuff like that and academic success, doing good in math, science, and these other areas. Well, it started off, they had all of us seniors were sitting on one side of the bleachers. Okay, there's the gym, the basketball court, and you've got the bleachers. We're all sitting over here. Well, you've got the principal in the middle, the vice principal and a few other teachers, and they start to call like a student out one by one to come and receive an award. And when you get the, the award, you shake the, the principal's hand, and then you go over to the other side and you sit on the other side. Okay, so the award ceremony starts. As I share this story, please be aware there will be award ceremonies in heaven. So many things that you see on earth are, it's like they're pulled from a template that came from the heavenly realm, but in heaven it's on a way higher level of excellence, of glory, and splendor. But these things still filter through to the earth, and we gain understanding of them, and we implement them here. Okay, so the first person called, is called out, gets the science award. And uh, so this one guy in my class, I knew, uh, he goes out and gets the science award. And uh, he, he had a 3.92 GPA. Everybody give him a hand. And we're all excited and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, then they call out, you know, the math award and uh, this or that award. And people start going over to the other side. And when it started, there was nobody over there. But after a while, um. Well, I kind of started getting nervous. I realized, hey, I hope there's not going to be more people over there than there are over here. And I didn't know all, I didn't know they were keeping track. So that was my whole thing. I didn't realize all of our performance, uh, not, not just GPA, but, you know, uh, the, across the board of academia. I didn't know all of this was like really like being monitored and rated and you got categories and you have awards. And stuff like that. I mean, I, all, I, I, all I thought about was getting, you know, like a, uh, a scholarship for track. And I had some scholarships that were presented to me. But this other stuff, this was not even like on my radar. I didn't even know it existed. Now, you're probably laughing at me, which is fine because many of you excelled in high school. And you carried the 4.0. And then you went off to college. And then you, then you graduated with the highest honors. And, and then many of you continued to climb the ladder. Uh, some of you, I know you have PhDs. And you worked hard to get that. And you, you, you earned it. And you deserve it, praise the Lord. Uh, I'm always a little bit, maybe it's just me, I'm a little bit fishy about honorary PhDs. Why? Because anybody that has a real one earned it, and they know that the, that the people that have the honorary ones, they didn't earn it. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really want any honorary PhDs. <laughs> because they're, they're like a joke to everybody that has a real one. Okay, um, on we go. Well, so what happened is by the time the, the ceremony was concluded, you had a whole bunch of people sitting over there, and I'm left sitting back over here on the other side with all of the rest of us that just kind of, you know, just plodded on through. We graduated, we got our diplomas, but there was no, no, no like uh, awards or anything like that. So that got me thinking, and it left me with a, something that stuck in me. 
which was this thought. I don't ever want that to happen ever again. Mm -mm. And I knew that when I formed that thought within my mind and it just kind of like cemented in my heart, I knew it wasn't like later when I would go off to college and I'm going to make sure I win the biology degree. And it wasn't something like that. It was just more like in life, when my life is done, I want to have pleased the Lord where I can literally hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on into the joy of the Lord, the things I've got prepared for you. Mm -mm. Wow. Because there are rewards in heaven, and there, uh, a lot of that is based upon your obedience, your love of the Lord, and you obeying the Lord in that path, that unique anointing that He had just for you. Woo! Praise God. So I want to talk about these things some today, and I believe that you will move to the other side and a place of being positioned, and that you're running now, not waiting to the last minute. Now, let me say this also, if you're older, in the sense like, um, what if you're like 75, and you're hearing this for the first time in your life? Well, God does have an amazing angle of grace, where He can come in, and He can like close a gap real quick, and you can go out with a big bang. That's kind of what happened with Solomon, excuse me, with Samson. Samson did not live his life out. His life was shortened. But in the last few minutes of his life, he took out more enemies in one moment than he had done previously in his entire life. So uh, God can do grace things where he can give you an inheritance, okay, where, where you cross over and you have received an inheritance. And that could be. It could be that before you go to be with the Lord, you don't leave all of your money for your sinful, rebellious children who don't serve God, but instead you put all of that in a will that will go to a ministry that will go into a ministry overseen by a man or woman of God that will use it to preach the gospel and not fund the lascivious, covetous, fleshly lifestyles of those who have no interest in God or His kingdom and would just spend it, burn through it, and never give God a penny of it. Praise the Lord. This or that could be a redemptive element of somebody. You lived your whole life and never, never gave God a $1 bill. Never put in a church offering once in your life even a $1 bill, but you could go out in glory, hallelujah, you could take your entire estate, every single thing, and give it into the work of the Lord. And I'm not playing around. I have seen people with that. They've missed it. They took, uh, they, they took all of their money, and they gave it to relatives. They gave it to children that were atheists. And yet that person would love God, but yet they gave their money uh, just to those that will never, ever use it for the expansion of the kingdom. But you could, you could pour it into a ministry work, and here, for example, we can use it to preach the gospel around the world. Amen. And that's what we're going to use it for. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let it just sit around. When people give to this ministry gold or silver, I don't just stack it up in a corner so I can say, doesn't that shine? No, I convert it in the currency, and then we take that and we use it for the work of the Lord. We're not hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> we are implementers of God's kingdom plan. I don't have sticky fingers. When God rolls it in, we use it for the work of the Lord. Can you say amen? 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, now, Isaiah 40. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, his understanding is unsearchable. All right, we're going to get in, into some good things here. Mm -mm. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. That's kind of like the young lions. Now, young lion can also typify demon power, so you have to uh, get the context of what it's speaking of. Like we saw earlier in uh, Psalms uh, 34, that's referring to the vigor and strength of those who can do things in their own ability, but yet run up against obstacles that are bigger than them. Well, God can give you that strength. He can give you that power. Thank you, Jesus. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This thing of waiting on the Lord is the fast track Although it is a slow process, it is the fast track into the deeper spiritual life where a realm of the glory of the Lord begins to open up that you can't catch it unless you first slow down. But once it opens up, it is like I talked to a prophet one time, he, he had it opened up to him. It is, and he used this term, it's like riding a bicycle. Once you've learned how to ride that bicycle, uh, for the rest of your life, you don't have to relearn it ever again. My friends, that's absolutely the truth. Once you have gone into this realm, you know how you got into it. You know uh, the principles that you are applying that carried you into it. And not only can you go back there, but you can also teach others as well. Mm -mm. So this is the waiting on the Lord. This is the strength the mounting up with the wings so that you can soar in the glory realm, in the spirit realm, like the eagle, where the joy of the Lord is yours, and the new wine and the oil of the Holy Spirit are flowing into you, revitalizing you, and also flowing out of you to minister effectively to the needs of others. Mm -mm. Wow. And I say effectively because some people tried to pull on the anointing for their need, but sometimes their needs are actually fake needs. Uh, there are people that just have an attention problem. They, they want attention. <laughs> they want somebody to just minister to them, mainly maybe because they don't feel important. Maybe they're lonely. They don't even really have a problem, <laughs> except that they need to get filled up. Praise the Lord. So, you know, you can discern all of that where you're in the spirit and all of that affects the flow of the anointing. Because trust me, there's no need to try to lift 500 pounds when all you got to lift is 50. And they may act like if it's a 500 pound problem, but you and the Holy Spirit and even they in their heart know, no, this is a little lightweight thing. This is like take two aspirin, call me in the morning. Okay. This is not like major, like heart surgery or something like that. This is easy stuff. You 
just need a little touch, a little blessing, and on you go. Praise the Lord. Let's not make it more into something that it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I've had a week like that uh, lately. Uh, 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 of course, I, maybe I should define that because I get a lot of emails. I wouldn't want people to think I'm talking about a certain person. Excuse me. But sometimes I do get emails of uh, with they're, they're kind of like uh, made out to be ultra desperate, ultra desperate, ultra desperate. And uh, no, no, that's not, it's not really desperate. You're just kind of worked up. Bless your heart. You're just facing what everybody else faces on planet earth. Uh, so just trust God and he will send his word to you and his word will deliver you. You are not a special case. You're not exempt. You have blood just like the rest of us do. You have not come from another planet where, you know, you're facing some kind of giants that we aren't facing. Nope. You're on, you're in the same boat with us. So just pull it together and hang in there. You're going to be okay. Woo. Praise the Lord. But see, it's, it's the anointing that allows you to discern all of that. Or sometimes people will just try to drain you dry, drain you dry. And maybe I can pinpoint this a little bit more. This happens a lot in the deliverance ministry. And I'm basically talking about people that would sometimes come to me. Sometimes they're saying they have demon problems. Well, really is that what they want is they, um, they're kind of like putting on sometimes and wanting a big show. Now I will be the first to admit because we can read the gospels that oftentimes when there is the deliverance, there can be the big show. I mean, you get the contorted faces, you get the foam and the vomit and you get the, what, you know, the demons talking through the person's vocal cords. You can have all of that. But sometimes that's not even what the case is. Sometimes maybe the person just uh, is making a big scene and they want, they want a bunch of ministers to grab them and try to hold him down uh, because it's just, you know, it's causing a big scene. And so you can see right through all of that stuff in the Holy Spirit because the enemy likes to do things like that, to try to like drain you. Have you ever met people like that? They don't even want to change, but they want to pour all the junk into you and uh, they want you to do all this ministry and really they just need to get into the word. Woo! So I'm just kind of talking out of my spirit right now because the Lord will give you the victory when you work the word and walk with him. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. So soaring in the glory realm with the Lord. And this is a realm that not everybody has a heart to explore, but I believe that primarily the audience that I speak to does, you know, years back in one of my books, uh, which I wrote in 2007, working with angels, I talked about a minister that had a visitation from the Lord. Now I know who this minister is, this minister, uh, you know, very solid. He had, he had a visitation from the Lord because this minister really wanted to walk close with God. And so Jesus came to him and, uh, talked with him. And Jesus said to him in this vision, he said, I'm going to give you the five names of the five men that are closest to me on the planet right now. You know, when I, when I say that, I know I'm also speaking to some that might not have heard these types of things. And you might think five men, pastor Stephen, I didn't know God kept a list like that. You'd be shocked at the list and the rankings that God keeps. I mean, we do it down here on the earth. I could, I could go on the internet as soon as I get through preaching this message. And if I'm curious about, well, who are the top ranked 
100 tennis players in the world. You can pull it up. Number one, two, three. Oh, we don't know who that is, Pastor Stephen. Oh, you better believe we know. There's all kinds of rankings, and there's a central ranking. Number one, two, three, four, five. You know, you know who it is? All the way to number 99 and 100. My uh, son-in-law is a very good tennis player. He was ranked uh, yeah, number one in all of uh, Charlotte and the, the whole area. And he came out of uh, ORU, the, their star tennis player years back, married my oldest daughter. <clears throat> and so, you know, he's big into tennis and he was, you know, really, really good and uh, came over from Germany on scholarship and met, met our oldest daughter, fell in love, got married, beautiful grandchildren that we now have today. But yeah, there's rankings in tennis. There's rankings in, uh, in every single sport event. There's rankings of colleges. Who's the number one uh, college in the world? Number two, number three, and on and on it goes. But you'd be shocked if you could see some of the ranking lists that God has and in his eyes, what he highly values and esteems. And if you like, we'll talk about that this morning. Woo! Mm -mm. So Jesus said, I'm going to tell you the top five men on this earth who are closest to me. And so Jesus tells him, and this, this man of God said, um, he said, Lord, he said, I haven't heard of one of these men. <laughs> Woo! Now this is where this takes like a, a, like a turn that a lot of people, they can't catch this because they think, that perhaps popularity or notoriety equates to intimacy. Let me be the first say, uh, let me be the first to say that I'm not in the least bit hung up on what you would call celebrity Christianity. Now there was a time going years back when I used to look at TBN. Hey, do you remember the days when there was only like three networks? You had TBN. <laughs> And then finally you had Daystar and then God TV came on. But now it's just got, you got, you got like a hundred networks, uh, Christian networks running full time. But back in the day there was like TBN. And I remember when I was real young in the Lord, still in college watching TBN thinking, oh, oh, wow, look at this. Wow. These people must float on the air. These ministers, uh, 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 wow. And I thought, wow, what, what would it would be like to meet these, meet these ministers and to be in such glorious environments? Well, it's interesting, the, the path that God has for each of us. But wouldn't you know it, God moved me out to Southern California and ended up getting around, uh, you know, the TBN facility and uh, be, be being involved there. My wife and I worked there at times. And uh, then you run into some of these ministers, and some of them are super nice and super authentic. And just as wonderful, uh, just everything you could expect a great man of God to be. Others were really flaky. Uh, but then you begin to see the Hollywood kind of like aspect of it. And so then you begin to see the celebrity aspect. And then after you kind of maybe get exposed to that, you become normal. And you're like, okay, everybody's just human. Everybody uh, does have their special gift and grace. And some have it very, very strong. But at the same time, you, uh, uh, how can I say, the, um, the romanticized version of it just burns away, okay? It kind of reminds me of uh, Peter, James, and John. They went up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, and they saw Moses and Elijah in the vision talking to the Lord. And Peter's like, ooh, that's, ooh, that's the one we've read about. That's, that's the one that wrote the Pentateuch. Ooh, 
he wrote the Torah. That's Moses. And ooh, ooh, that's Elijah. He called them the fire. And uh, yeah, that's Moses and that's Elijah. And that's, that's pretty cool. No question about it. When we get to heaven, yeah, it's going to be really neat to meet them. No question about that. But as it says, when the vision ended, it says, and they saw no one but Jesus. And that's really, that's really all it comes down to. <laughs> they saw no one but Jesus. So you want your focus on him. And yes, <clears throat> you know, I come across many uh, Christians who are very starry eyed about some ministers. I mean, they're uh, super starry eyed, like, oh, oh, if I could only just touch him, I'd probably fall out for a week. <laughs> well, uh, I've touched him a whole bunch. I've been to his house, had meals with him. And uh, uh, yeah, you're, you're probably not going to fall out, but I'm not going to burst your bubble either. Praise God. Because I've kind of, you know, when I was young, I kind of passed through that. And it's all okay. Praise the Lord. But really, when you begin to settle with the Lord, and you wait on the Lord, you begin to soar with the Lord, uh, priorities change. And all you want to do is what God called you to do, be very effective and efficient at that, and press into the heart of the Lord. Woo! Praise God. So this minister said, Jesus, I've never even heard of any of these men. And the Lord said, well, they, they all have international ministries and they all are serving me in a great way. So uh, this, this pastor said later he found out, because he looked up their names of the five men, and found out that each one of them had a, a, had a very large ministry. But you know, it's a big planet. And that's another thing sometimes that people in the body of Christ should understand. You can, you can fixate in this area, and you can think, this is my world. This is where I live. It's like being in one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Maybe you're in the tribe of Judah, and all you think is Judah, 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 Judah. But hey, there's Reuben and Levi, the priestly tribe, and there's Simeon, and there's, oh, the sons of Issachar. And uh, hey, the body of Christ is really big, and it's really beautiful, and there are mega ministries that sometimes aren't even really known, perhaps, in this part of the world. So, uh, he mentions uh, uh, those five. Now, he, in, in this man's visitation experience, he didn't tell who the five were, but he gave enough information about one of them that I went and found out who that one was. And that began also my journey into having exposure to... <sighs> Really, what the Lord would keep as a chart of the top 100 of those on the earth who are closest to him at this time. Now, remember, this is like changing because somebody might pass away. Matter of fact, there is an apostle that lives in Asia, and I called him two years ago on the phone. Now, listen to this. Hang on just a moment. I called him on the phone. And uh, I said to him, I said, hey, brother so-and-so just passed away. He said, I, yeah. He said, I know. He said, there's another spot on the ranking list now. <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> because he and I had both seen the list. And I saw the list, and I have seen his name on the list before. He's a, he was an American prophet, and he died about two years ago. And when he died, he's now in heaven. What does that mean? It means everybody bumps that's behind him now bumps up a notch. And he was, he was number 91. And he lived a good life. But he was number 91 on the list. And my friend had also sent him on the list. <laughs> Woo! Mm -mm. So, 
It's like there's a race on that is in the earth that some people don't know about. There is a race uh, that's not competitive, but there is a race to pursue the Lord and to be close to the Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. You know, I had a great man of God come and visit me a few months back, and uh, he actually came here, uh, came into the studio here. And he sold over, I think he sold 11 million books. I think he's actually sold more than that maybe 13 million, but I, I know at least a couple of years back, I, I saw that he had sold 11 million books, not give them away. He sold that's how many he sold. <laughs> and he came here and he's considered probably in America, the, the leader as far as being viewed as a church historian. Okay. So he came here, went into my office over here. And in my office, I have a picture of a great, man of God, that in his lifetime was number one, was number one on the earth. In, the, in his latter years, he was number one on the earth. So I have this minister friend of mine, he came here, he's known all over the world as being a church historian. And he came here and he looked at this picture of this great saint, a Catholic saint that I have on my wall. And he stopped and looked at it. He said, well, he said, now, well, brother Stephen, who is this? <laughs> I said, I said, brother, you can't be serious, are you? Uh, he goes, no. I, I, I said, you don't know who that is. He goes, no. Who is this man? I said, oh, brother. <laughs> I said, I said, you've written all of these books, and you've written all these books on church history, and you don't know who this great saint is. Now, if I were to take you to that country, everybody in that nation saved. And even unsaved would know who that man was. But God has a ranking system that's valid, that's accurate, that's authentic. And I'm telling you that when your life is done, you want to be on the side where the awards are at, the side where those who live for the Lord all out intentionally on purpose while they're here and they knew what was going on. Okay. We're not just walking around uh, like uh, 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 ignorant of the spirit realm. No, we know what's going on and we're going to finish our course and we're going to take as many people to heaven with us, but we're also going after the Lord with all of our hearts in our respected fields and areas. Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Pastor Stephen, who's the picture of? Any Catholic would know. I had a I had a, a young Catholic girl who was doing some video work for me some time back, and she came into my office, and she's kind of like um, almost like secular, not even really serving God, but she was raised in the Catholic Church. And the moment she saw the picture, she says, "Oh, my mother loves that man, that great saint." <laughs> <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Let me tell you this right now, who you esteem and who you pursue and who you follow, even if you can only follow them through books, materials, teaching tapes, or maybe uh, biographies that are written about them. If you pursue, watch out because you'll touch that anointing somehow some way. And something that is on that person will touch you. There has never been a person that I have wanted to meet who had a deep walk with God somewhere, even if they were on the back side of the planet, 
But I heard about them and I thought I would like to sit down and talk with them. There's not been one person that I've had that thought and had that desire that I have not only met them, God allowed me to become friends with them and to even have a, a very strong like brotherly type relationship with them in the most shocking, shocking ways. Years back, let's go back like um, uh, 2002, I read a book that like turned me upside down concerning the prophetic because I knew that the supernatural was real. I had had a few angelic visitations, but I wanted more. And I read a book that was written by a mystic saint that was having extraordinary encounters in the heavenly realm. And when I read the book, I said, God, I want this so bad. Uh, it's like I ate the book. And the book had, you know, like 200 pages, but it's like I absorbed everything in that book. But I thought, I don't know who this person is. They don't even have, at that time, they didn't even have a mailing address. <laughs> it was weird. But um, I thought, oh, that'd be like the ultimate to meet that person. Uh, but one day, when um, I was in a certain place talking um, to a prophet, actually, and I said, I said to this prophet, I said, who lives on that hill? There's a little cabin on, on top of a mountain. I said, who lives up there? And he said, so-and-so lives there. And when he said that, that was the person that wrote the book. And guess what? That person, right at that moment, started driving down they had a Cadillac, starts driving down the Cadillac, and the pro prophet that I was talking to said, well, looks like they're coming right now. I know the person very well. I'll stop them and introduce you. And he did, and that started a friendship there. The person says, well, please come up and visit me. You're welcome to come up and things like that. And, and so that established a very wonderful relationship where you can talk about some of the deeper things of the Lord. Now, when I teach... I have two primary callings. Number one, to pull believers, that, that is, those who are already saved and born again, to pull believers into a close walk with God. And I'm not talking nominal. I'm not talking just sit in a pew or just basically barely serve the Lord. One, that's, uh, we, we want to get people to heaven all the way, okay? But I'm here to equip to build up and to pull you into an Enoch type walk. I want to pull you into a close walk with God. Am I going to actually get you to a walk where maybe one day you disappear and you're taken like Enoch was? Well, if you were, I'd feel really good because I must have done my job. <laughs> if we can't find you or you disappear, maybe we're going to have to realize that you got the early rapture. If there is such a thing. Amen. There obviously was for Enoch, but that's my primary call. Number two is to bring as many people into the kingdom as possible. And so I have a ministry goal of, of desiring to win within my ministry, within my life, one million souls to the Lord. That's why we do uh, crusades. That's why we travel out a lot to the nations. And that's why we blast television all over the world, not just America, but all over the world, because we're pulling big nets and we want to get a big harvest. And this harvest and this reaping also rewards or attribute it to you because I can't preach if I'm not empowered to go. If I, I can't, if I can't pay the satellite airtime, they don't let me on for free. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some of you are going to meet your, uh, your hero in the faith. 
Some of you are going to meet the person that would be like the great mentor. You're going to meet the person, and I would even say, because of your respect and admiration in the Lord towards that person, there'll probably be a friendship that will develop out of that. Mm -mm. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, um, years back when, when he was alive, Dr. D.G.S. Dinakaran, they called him the prophet from the East, great prophet in India. And it, he was one of those prophets. Excuse me just a moment. I'm really taking this tea down today. My throat's feeling a little dry. But Dr. D.G.S. Dinakaran was one of those ministers. <clears throat> the camera would be zoomed in close on him. He'd be standing like this kind of teaching, kind of like talking, really relaxed. So relaxed that you think, well, maybe, maybe there's 20 people in the meeting. He just seems so relaxed. And then the camera pulls back a little bit more, and you see there's about 100 people. Then the camera pulls back a little bit more. You see there's about 1,000 people. Then the camera pulls back more and keeps pulling back more. And you think, oh, my goodness, what is there, like a half a million people in this crowd? And he just talked real casually. He was like a very fatherly type person. But Dr. D.G.S. Dinakaran uh, greatly admired Billy Graham. And, of course, I live in North Carolina. And Billy Graham, you could call him the patron saint of North Carolina. <laughs> You'd have to be living under a rock to live in North Carolina and not know who Billy Graham was, praise God. And, of course, his son, Franklin, and Samaritan's Purse has a huge, a huge presence in this county, praise the Lord. But Dr. DGS, Dennis Karen, had a situation one time where the Lord took him to heaven in a vision. And in this heavenly vision, Dr. DGS, Dennis Karen, saw, uh, he saw tablets these tablets went real high. And on this one tablet, at the very top of it, the title of it was Salvation. And, at the, and it had a whole list of names of evangelists, many, many well-known evangelists, with the most well-known ones being at the top, and all the way down, just huge list of evangelists. And at the very top, DGS Dinakaran looked, and it, at the, very, the top name, it said, Billy Graham. Billy Graham at the very top. Isn't that amazing? Woo, praise the Lord. But then there's another uh, a, a list on another big like tablet that was over a little further away. And this one said, salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it had ministers who flowed in that. And um, it, it had a different name at the top. Praise the Lord. By the way, the ability to get people filled with the Holy Spirit is a gift. It's a special grace gift. The Lord has given that to my wife and I, and I know many other Pentecostal ministers who have that as well. I caught that from Charles and Francis Hunter in a meeting that Kelly and I went to years back in Anaheim, California, when they were ministering the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I watched them, and it stuck with me, and I've used it every time I've ministered baptism in the Holy Spirit for people to receive. Praise God. Okay. So that's a different category. But then there were other categories. And Jesus showed Dr. DGS Dinakaran the tablet that pertained to the category of his calling, which was an apostle of love and comfort. And you have to understand that there's many parts of India, because I've, I've been to India. I love that country. I've been there multiple times, did a lot of recordings for Angel TV, etc. 
had wonderful times. But when you go to India, there's some places where there's a lot of poverty. And life is very hard, uh, can be very cruel. So when you minister to people, um, particularly when you would see DGS did a caring minister, he's ministering mainly love and compassion. Why? That's what they need. Why? Because life is so hard. <laughs> life is so hard and pay jobs pay so little and uh, uncleanliness in so many places. And so it was just a very powerful anointing of love and compassion. And he looked at the tablet and at the top, it said, love and compassion. And the number one person was DGS, Dina Karen, number one on the planet. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, now watch this. Dr. Dina Karen said that he, when he saw his name, he noticed there were not many ministers on this tablet, like, like five. That was like it. And then Jesus said to him, I have given you a very special calling. And so you need to give heed to your ministry. My friends, don't try to be like anybody else. Be yourself. We can receive input, influence, impartation from others, but you take that and you mix that with the core DNA of who God made you to be because your calling is different. And you must walk very exactly in the assignment that God has for you. Woo! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. God's getting you settled in your place, and He's getting you content and happy in your place. Glory to God. Mm. They once asked the right-hand assistant of Dr. Billy Graham, why don't you go start your own ministry? You have a very uh, strong preaching gift. Um, you, you're very administrative. Why don't you go start your own ministry? And he said, I would rather be number one in God's plan by playing the number two role than to be out of God's will and playing a number one role where I'm not supposed to be at. Mm -mm. And that is true for some. You're not called to lead. You're called to be the armor bearer. You're not called to be perhaps the apostle, maybe one day you could be, but you're called to uh, assist just like Elisha washed the water uh, with the, on the hands of the man of God, Elijah. He carried his briefcase. He served him for years and years. You read the story and you think, well, he only knew him for a couple of months. No, he did that for years and years and years. I've read he, he served Elijah for as long as 11 years before that impartation came, that mighty mantle of double portion. Praise God. You must be in your place. You must be in your place. You know, I like uh, the history of Apple and Steve Jobs, although he did not know the Lord as far as I know, but developed a great product that blessed humanity. But you know what? It was not Steve Jobs who developed the concept of apps. It was another worker there in the uh, lead team, and he just kept bugging Steve Jobs, please, if you put these things called apps onto phone, you know, the iPhone and the tablet and so forth, people will really like it. And he finally, Steve Jobs finally gave in and said, okay, let's go with this thing called apps. <laughs> now we got apps all over our phones. Praise the Lord. But that didn't come from the front. That came from an assistant who made his contribution that we still all enjoy 
today. Let me see if I can bring this out a little bit more. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's drop down to verse 7. Praise God. 1 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Fivefold ministry, by the way, can be portrayed by the hand with five fingers. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Look at the fingers. Which one is the longest? It's the middle finger, right? That represents the ministry office of the evangelist. And it's not surprising that the evangelist ministry often can reach further. Why? Um, because they're going after the lost, and that's the, um, that's the multitudes of the earth. Now, the apostle can touch, this is the thumb, can touch all. So it is possible for the, the apostle to, we could say, walk in the various offices while he primarily maintains the apostolic. But an apostle can prophesy, can win the lost, can pastor and shepherd and absolutely can teach. Praise the Lord. But you've got to be in your gifting. You've got to be in your anointing. You don't want to be the wrong finger. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Now watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Let me go through this very quickly with one gift I want you to see. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And then he goes into the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, <clears throat> Let's go to verse 9. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts. Now, look at the word gifts, and you'll see it's not gift, it's gifts, so it's plural, okay? Gifts of healings. And so look at the word healings. It's not singular, it's plural. So it's not gift of healing, and it's not gift of healings, it's gifts of healings. Now, when I minister to the sick, I'll pray for anybody regardless of what their issue is. It doesn't matter if you've got a stomach ache, headache, or if you've got a missing finger. I'll, I'll pray for anything. Now, we know if we need a creative miracle, that's more than just gifts of healings. That's the working of miracles. Now, you're going to need special faith. That's okay. But I'll, I'll, I'll pray for anything that a person is requesting prayer for. But let me also say this. Consistently, not just every now and then, but consistently in my ministry when it comes to praying for the sick, because the Lord told me in a vision, He said, I've given you the gifts of healings. And, and He did. I, he told me the day it came, and it did, and it totally changed my ministry in the sense that it brought a brand new dimension to my ministry that I was able to be a blessing to people that I did not have before until that gift came. But when it came, I began to utilize it, walk in it, pray for the sick. And this is what I've seen since then and still see today. Whenever it comes to the area of backs, whether it's scoliosis, multiple sclerosis, or somebody who had a car wreck and just blew their back out, uh, disc blown out, or whatever, anything having to do with the back, the spine, from like the back of the head and down to the tailbone and all that and all in between. Anything to do with backs, I've had, I've had miracles happen in that area that can hold their own with the Apostle Paul or any other minister who's ever walked the face of the earth. I have Jesus. I've had Jesus do miracles through me of healing with backs that I would, they're second to none. 
the people that have been in back braces for years and years, diagnosed by doctors with severe scoliosis, healed, healed over and over and over and over again when I prayed for them. I've had tremendous success in this area. So it, it, that area works with backs and also with areas dealing with sinuses, whether it's uh, sinusitis or, um, you know, something wrong with you can't breathe right with your nose or whatever. Okay. Very strong anointing in that area. Now, have I had, have I had deaf people healed? Yes, but not that often. I even had a blind person healed one time, but not that often. I've had a lame person healed, but not that often. I've had a mute person that couldn't speak healed and start speaking saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, but not that often. But in the area of backs, sinuses, the success rate is supernatural. Why is that pastor Stephen? Because there's categories. And when you flow with the Lord, you try to walk close with the Lord. You just get good at what God has called you to do. And you also know your strengths and you know what also is not your strength. And if there's somebody standing there who does have that strength, <laughs> just let them do it. <laughs> glory, glory to God. I was in a room one time, there was a sick person and the sick person said, Oh, I, I need prayer. And somebody jumped up real excited, said, I'll pray for you. And they were just about to pray and they stopped. And that, that man stopped and looked at me and said, Stephen, what am I doing? He said, you've got a lot, you got a lot more horses under the hood than I do. In other, words, in other words, you have a lot more horsepower in this area than I do. You go ahead and do your thing. Praise the Lord. What is that? It's just understanding your place in the body. Mm -mm. Now watch this. We have here the gifts of healings by the same spirit. Praise God. So you get into your zone, you know that, and that comes through really waiting on the Lord, knowing the Lord, and just walking with God, and things begin to pop, praise God, and you become very content and confident in who you are. That's why if I go to a conference, and uh, they want me to speak, and they say, well, you know, when do you want us to put you in? Well, you can put me in anytime you want, any place you want. Why? Well, because my ministry is different because there's nobody that's going to preach what I'm going to preach or how I preach it. And in the, in the manifestations of, of the spirit that come through me, uh, they're not normal. They're not normal. I say that by grace because many times when I minister in the spirit, the old timers say, Pastor Stephen, you minister like an old time Pentecostal preacher. And I just think, well, that's where I got this stuff from. <laughs> that's, that's where it came from. Those, that's what I have associated with. And that was the, the, the path in the spirit that I was following. And that's what fell on me. Praise God. So I'm happy you just plug me in anywhere you want. Morning service, uh, night service, noon service. Doesn't matter to me. I'll just get up and do my thing. <laughs> Look, if you're like in the cookie cutter thing, then there's, there's competition, there's jealousy. And, uh, I've seen it before in ministerial circles and it's really sad. It's really sad. Uh, but when you know what your niche is and you're strong in that, even if somebody else does have that same type of flow, there's just like love. And it's like you yield, you take it. Well, you take it. Okay. I'll, I'll go this time. You go the next time, whatever it might be. Glory to the Lord. And there is a, there's a unity in the spirit. You know, um, in Italy, about 200 years ago, there was a young woman that, um, and she's probably 
uh, is probably, I would say, the third most studied stigmatic of all time. Padre Pio being number one. Boy, they examined him like crazy. Uh, Therese Newman, number two. Uh, the Gestapo were terrified of her. Hitler was terrified of her. And doctors studied her all the time, trying to figure her out. Uh, but this other young girl, she was probably the third most studied of all time. People from all over Europe came to see uh, you know, her because she could flow in the spirit while she laid on the bed. She was so weak she couldn't get out of bed. But she had a tremendous anointing, could minister to people uh, prophetically. In other words, read your mail, as we'd say, words of knowledge and things like that. But she also had the stigmata, and she was bedridden. And so she died at the age of 33. And the last 11 years of her life, she lived completely off communion. Just the bread, the flesh, and the blood only. Now I know those are, there are those who say that the bread and the juice are just, these are emblems. Uh, you cannot live off of an emblem. These are symbols. Uh, you can't live... Uh, 37 years like Therese Newman did off of a symbol. Jesus said, this is my flesh indeed. This is my blood indeed. And if you receive it as such, you get the benefits as such. But if you want to receive a symbol, you're going to get the benefit of a symbol. I don't know what that's going to do really. Praise God. Anyhow, this young woman, uh, uh, she was bedridden, but there would be certain times a year when suddenly she would just disappear and she's gone and she can't walk. Uh, they don't know where she went, but she was gone. And then there was one time, eight days later, after being gone for eight days, folk, she came back. She came back. Now, when I say she was gone, she was translated, but not just like her spirit. I'm talking to her whole body. And she, then she came back and her spiritual father, the uh, priest said to her, where'd you go? She goes, well, there's uh, two other stigmatic uh, young women just like me, and we got together. The Lord brings us together uh, a couple times every year, and so we just got together for eight days, and all we did was pray. <laughs> we prayed for eight days, and the Lord just brought me back after our prayer uh, meeting was done. <laughs> I can tell you some things that are rock solid biblical, but kind of like off the charts. And it's okay if you don't want to go there, but I will say this. You start waiting on the Lord and putting time in of hanging out with God. Uh, life gets very, very interesting. Gets very interesting. Gets very, very exciting. And then because of your pursuit, then the Lord begins to reward that by bringing other brothers or sisters who have a similar type grace walk and into your life. And then there is a connection in the spirit realm. Listen, listen, God is raising up an Enoch company in this last day. There will be a generation that will completely skip over the grave and never die. It is the saints who will go to meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. And some of you are going to be taking some trips even before then, as even we see Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch was translated. And even even uh, the prophet Elijah, after he was taken away, uh, the servant said to Elisha, let us go look for your master. And he's like, oh, no, no, he's gone. Uh, they were like, well, he, you know, he's done this before. You know, he's, he's, he's kind of like disappeared on us before, then shown back up. In other words, he had a reputation for being translated. 
But um, my friends, those things are going to happen more. I've had it happen to me where a pastor who was a former Los Angeles County Sheriff for 28 years, who was an expert eyewitness, because he told me, he said, he said, Stephen, I have, put, I have put thousands of criminals behind bars. I'm an expert eyewitness. He saw me walk into his church service that he pastored after he retired from being a sheriff. He was a pastor, and I walked into his service and preached, and he, he gave me the pulpit, and I preached the message, and I was there, did all this, all that. He said it was a great meeting. The only thing interesting is that I was never there. But it happened one time when I got so far over in prayer that the Spirit took me, took me, and translated me, and I preached in that meeting while I was in a totally different city. <laughs> Woo! God's going to make you a person that He not only works signs and wonders through, watch me, but He's also going to make you a sign and wonder. There's one prophet seems to show up in my life at the most, uh, in the most weird places, right when God does a shift in my life of something good, like an increase of the anointing or something like that. He shows up in the most weird places. I remember one time I went to the very edge of the county to a little bitty feed store because at that time my daughter had some goats. And I go out to this little bitty feed store that sell goat supplies and I buy some goat food and I go in there to get the goat food and there's the prophet standing there. And um, see, every time I've seen him in unusual cases like that, it's the Lord using him as a wonder, like as a sign, something's about the shift. And people have said that to me. People have said, Pastor Stephen, you've come in, in, in my dream and you have spoken these things and a shift and a breakthrough happened. I've had that happen many times. Even people in other countries have said, I've, I've gone there and have ministered to them at night and things like that. Well, I've never been, been there. My passport has never been stamped. My friends, get ready to get into the glory mm -hmm, because time is short. Look, we're not just in the last days. We're maybe not even in the last hours. Maybe we're in the last prophetic minutes on the time clock that's clicking down. I do, I do believe this, that the time that we're living in, is less than 1% of the time left on God's clock. We're down below now the 1%. 6,000 years of human history, and we're down now below the remaining 1%. It's time. It's time for amazing things to happen. Very quickly, Genesis chapter 5. Genesis 5. I want to stir you up to seek the Lord. Praise God. You know what? I would even say this almost. This is very interesting. That even if you were not Pentecostal, let's say you're evangelical, and you don't even really know about tongues or stuff like that. If you started getting really in pursuit of God and going after God, unusual things start happening to anybody that goes after the Lord. And that's, that's in some ways how I got pulled into this when I was at a, a, a Christian university that was, uh, you know, they had a Bible college, but there was a young man in that Bible college that I met that he had something on him that was from the Lord, and it was like a light that was drawing me, and he's the one that taught me how to pray, because he, he invited me to get up every morning and go pray with him, and I started doing that, and then I realized, hey, I can pray more than three minutes. 
<laughs> well, I, one day I prayed 40 minutes. I was ready to tell the Apostle Paul, you can retire now. I'll take over from here. I was ready to tell Peter, James, and John, y'all stand back a little bit. I've got this. Let me do this. <laughs> How many of you know there's deeper waters? Amen. But, you know, he wasn't Pentecostal. He didn't speak in tongues or anything like that. But there was something of the Lord on him because he, he had pursued the Lord and there was anointing on him. So, uh, much less if you're filled with the Holy Spirit going after the Lord, then things begin to open up real fast, real quick. Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. After he begat Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So it is possible to walk with God in a very close way like Enoch was known for and still have a family. You got to take care of your wife. You, 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 can't, you got to be sweet to her. You know, you got to love on your spouse. Okay. Then you got, you can't neglect your kids. You know, you got to help them out with their homework and stuff like that. So I don't know when you're going to get the time in. You might have to do it at night. You might have to burn the midnight oil. You might have to time, uh, take those moments when you think this is like me time and just make it worship time or whatever it might be. But God will honor that. And uh, usually you do have to sacrifice to get it in. But when you do, uh, you'll find out it can work even with a busy family, busy business, what all it might be. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, representing that we can walk with the Lord like he did every single day. The potential is there. The invitation is certainly there also. It's not like God doesn't want you to come into the Holy of Holies and greet him. No, come on in through the shed blood of Jesus. You can come right on in to the throne room of God. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor Steve and I, I've been a very dedicated online church member. Pastor Steve and I have been a ministry partner, uh, but I'm leaving. Here's one final gift. Boom. And you're gone. Well, just put it on your little notation. Uh, uh, I caught the early rapture. I've joined Enoch. Mm, praise the Lord. Glory. Ancient church writings, I'm not talking biblical. I'm talking what could be called um, uh, some of these extra biblical writings do suggest that there was Enoch walking close with God, but that he had actually raised up a group just like him. And he was the leader of those that had a close walk with God. Because when somebody has that, you can write on that anointing and you can, you can follow their teaching. And if they can go up and they teach you how to go up, then you, you know how to get into that. Just like riding the bicycle. Mm -mm. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. One more, one more. This is how it really began to open up for me. James chapter 4. I was sitting at my grandmother's house one day and uh, just hanging out. Everybody else had gone to do something. It was like a family reunion. But you know, at those family reunions, you can only eat so many, only eat so many uh, pieces of fried catfish and hush puppies and cornbread and milk and uh, black-eyed peas, and I was full. I didn't want any more food, and they'd gone up the hill to do something at uh, Uncle So-and-So's house, and uh, so I just, I just tired, wanted to kick back, relax, so I'm sitting there, and I was actually praying in my grandmother's home, and I, he I heard a voice speak to me over my shoulder, 
back behind me. And the voice said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. When I heard that voice, I jumped up and looked around the room and then got on my knees and looked underneath the bed. I thought, I didn't think it was, but I thought maybe one of my brothers had gotten, had come down from the hill, had snuck into the room, was hiding underneath the bed, play, like playing a joke on me. But no, there was nobody under the bed, nobody in the room, nobody in the house, but me and the angel of the Lord. But that's what he told me, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So we have the invitation. And I, I just thought, well, I'll take that. <laughs> it's not like anybody else is asking me to draw near. <laughs> it's not like anybody else is really wanting to know me. Hey, I'll go after the Lord. And when you go after the Lord, you have everything. And God just begins to open up his best to you. Mm -mm. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. May I say this? When you live your life like this, God becomes very jealous of you. He already is. You belong to him. Jesus shed his blood. You received him by faith. So he has bought and purchased you. You're bought and paid for. So he's very jealous of you. He's very jealous of his church. But the closer you get, uh, it gets hot. It gets, gets hotter. Mm, praise God. So my prayer for you is that you would go into this place, the deeper life, and you would not be content just to hang out in the outer court, that you would press in through the holy place into the most holy place and meet the Lord and let the Lord share some amazing things with whatever he wants to share with you. I got real happy in a meeting a couple of years back and I was just, I just said, oh, who cares? I'm going to start talking about some of the things that God showed me. I got so excited. And I said a few things and after the meeting, a man and his wife came up and they said, Pastor Stephen, the man said, my wife and I, we are astrophysicists. He said, some of the things you are sharing are what our scientists need to hear. And I, th I thought, what in the world? I, I said, I, you know, like, what did I talk about? <clears throat> but I did talk about some of the things the Lord showed me from the glory realm of the universe and things like that. And they said, this is what our, he said, this is what our community of scientists needs to hear. Praise God. God will help you connect with people that you never would think that you could speak to or minister to. You must know the anointing. You must know the Holy Spirit. And the only way that you can really get into that is to draw near to the Lord, wait on the Lord, and then you get into the deeper things of God, and you get into the richness of the Lord, and everything He has is yours. Mm -mm. Now, you still use your faith to receive. You still take a hold of the promises of God. But you also somehow, somehow have the ability to view it from an eternal perspective. Wow. Praise God. Amen. Life. Life. Th th this is like a training ground for eternity. And how come, by the way, how come you weren't born in the year 1200? How come God didn't put you on the earth in the year 1723? How come God has you here now, right at the very end when we face things that none of our forefathers faced, we face 
We face the ability to get in the gross sin by making just a few clicks. We can see things, hear things, observe things that are so gross and awful and evil. Yet it's right there. It's right there. No society ever in the history of the world has faced the things that we face. All around us, everywhere. Yet, God knew that when He put you here, He put something special in you to prevail over everything that the world and the flesh and the devil could throw at you. But my friends, you'll find the real gold when you dig deep and you walk close with the Lord. Now lift your hands. I want the Enoch anointing to touch, to touch you. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Some of you are going to have some beautiful visions from the Lord. Somebody's going to meet the cherubim. Somebody are going to meet some seraphim. Hallelujah. Some of you have divine destiny appointments. Glory. Glory. Some of you have already had some, but you're going to have some more. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching right now that, yes, Lord, they love you, but they're not just content to cruise in. They want to come in knowing you and being very effective in the field that you've called them to. Lord, we thank you. There's just as there's tablets for ministry, there's tablets for those who honored God through science, tablets for those who honor God through medicine, tablets for those who honored God in other fields. Father, we thank you. Your spirit is moving upon your people right now. Let them walk close to you so they're not distracted by something that would deviate them from the path that you've called them to, that they can see right through the devil's tactics and just ignore it and keep on going. Now, Father, we thank you. There is safety in being in the secret place, the Holy of Holies. We thank you, O God. There's anointing. There's empowerment. Father, let your eagle saints arise. Thank you, Father God. Let the end time Enoch generation anointing be upon those who are pressing in. And the Lord would say there are some of you that will even be translated to other countries where the gospel could not be openly preached, but you will go on stealth assignment by the Holy Spirit and the evil spirits, the demons, the prince of the power of the air will have to stand back as you are escorted in by the protective guard of the elite angels that would be assigned to you. And you'll bring the news, you'll bring the gospel, you'll bring the word to those whom you are sent to. Now, Father, we give you praise for this. That it's going to take more than just technology to preach the gospel in the last days. It's going to take more than just satellites. It is going to take the empowerment of your spirit. Because there are closed areas, but nothing is closed to you. Now, Father, we thank you. Bless your people. We thank you, O God, in Jesus' name. Shout amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Some of you are going to come across some seekers. I'm talking some real seekers, but they're looking in all the wrong places. But you'll, you'll be able to tell by talking with them. They have done some serious seeking and maybe they're on a certain path and they're going deep into that path. But Jesus is the only way to heaven. You'll have the opportunity to share Jesus with them.
Praise God. And even if all you can do is sow the seed, be obedient to share God's love with them. And they'll make that decision, but share God's love with them. And there will be those that you'll see one day in heaven because you took the time to do that. Praise the Lord. God's moving mightily by His Holy Spirit right now. Glory, glory, glory to God. Glory. Lord, we give you praise. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is your day of salvation. Call upon the Lord today. He's going to save you. I want to lead you in a prayer in just one moment. And if you used to be a Christian and you loved God, maybe you went to church and you served the Lord, but you have fallen away and you've gotten off in the sin, but you want to come back. Come on back right now and Jesus will wash you clean and everything will be restored back to you. Okay. So let us pray. Please pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart and wash all of my sins away. Jesus, write my name in your book of life and step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. You're washed with the blood of Jesus. All of those sins are gone forever. Praise be to the Lord. Now, today, let's participate in one of the great mysteries of the church. Let us take Holy Communion. Grab yourself a little wafer, a little piece of bread, a little cracker, whatever you've got, and some grape juice. If you don't have grape juice, maybe all you have is apple juice. Maybe you're out in the desert and all you've got is Pepsi. Okay, well, just use that for now until you get yourself some grape juice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We set it apart as being holy. And we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you that we are receiving strength to mount up with wings like eagles. I thank you, Father, for every calling, every destiny fulfilled. And I thank you that your people dwell in the high places, not in the mud. They dwell in the high places, clean and pure and ready for the sound of the shofar to meet you in the air. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for the translations that will take place supernaturally. Now, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Let us receive the Lord's body together. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus washing us clean, keeping us clean. We thank you for the blood saturating our spirit, our mind, our thought life, our body. We thank you for the blood of Jesus all over us, protecting us from the enemy, preserving us from all harm, keeping us safe. Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise, keeping us from the filth and the perversion that is in the earth today. 
We thank you for empowering us to walk in the beauty of holiness. Father, we receive the blood of Jesus now with great thanksgiving. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Glory to the Lord. Amen. My friends, thank you for joining me today. Have a wonderful week. Press in. The Holy Spirit is your guide. The Holy Spirit is now to you what Jesus was to the 12 apostles when he was on the earth. He was with them physically. Now the Holy Spirit is with you 24-7. He will lead you into the holy place. He will lead you into the glory realm. Trust him. He'll open the word to you. God bless you. Have a great week. Bye-bye.